This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Are you worried about your finances? According to a new poll by Yahoo Canada and Maru Public Opinion, half of us are worried about affording the necessities. The necessities. A majority of us also believe that the country's headed towards a recession. And we also think that the Bank of Canada hiking interest rates will lead to a recession. Uh, that's something that economists generally do not believe, but I know that a lot of people do believe it. So inflation is tracking over 8%. Uh, but there was one bit of good news out of the U.S. today that it didn't go up in July. It was on a big upward trajectory, and that seems to have stopped at least for now. So I would like to hear from you on uh, where you're at on all of this. 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And now let's go to John Wright, Executive Vice President of Maru Public Opinion, and Moshe Lander, Senior Lecturer of Economics at Concordia University in Montreal. Thank you for joining us. Hello. Great to be with you. Hello. Hello. So, uh, John, let's begin with you. Uh, did any of this surprise you? Well... I've been doing the polling, as you know, for a long time. So I remember 1990 to 93 with the deep, you know, uh, recession that we had then. And if you fast forward to today, it looks nothing like that. I mean, we have, uh, you know, employment opportunities everywhere. We're not seeing, you know, for sale signs or cleaning out of inventory. And we, you know, clearly don't see the stagnation in the economy like we did then. So maybe it's going to come. But what I thought out of the poll that I did last week and the polling that I continue to do in both Canada and the United States is how comfortable people have become with the inflation. And what I mean is the numbers really didn't move from June to now. You would expect that people would say, you know, uh, it's it's getting worse. I'm pulling my horns in even more. You know, I, I think we, we are in a recession. And there was none of that. In fact, in the United States, my numbers, which will be coming out tomorrow, show Americans actually easing themselves and, and you know, off of their belt tightening. So I think that was it. The tenor of it was not so much panic or, you know, an affirmation that we were in a recession, but more of, yeah, you know what, I'm not um, it's not hurting me a lot. I, I think I can get through this. But there is a sense that they'll watch it for the fall and see whether something comes of it. Uh, well, I think in the last month, at least in the States, the reason that that inflation didn't go up anymore was because gas prices dropped and they've dropped here too. How important is that, Moshe? Well, I, I think where we're seeing inflation is from three channels. One is through gas prices, one is through food prices, and the other one is through rapidly rising rent. So anytime you see those three things lay off, uh, I, I'm sure that's going to probably ease people's minds. In the case of falling gas prices, in some cases that's just because uh, governments are trying to remove gasoline taxes and things like that to, to try and help. 
food prices generally aren't going to rise as much in the summer anyway because we're not going to be importing as many of our fruits and vegetables uh, because we have our, our growing season. And rents are one of those things that are continuing to rise rapidly, but they're generally only going to be seen once a year when you have to renegotiate your your contract. And so many people might not have seen that yet. And so it might be one of those false sense of securities that somehow they escape the rising rent, uh, but maybe sometime in the next five months they're going to find out that uh, they're not immune to it either. Uh, it, it's it's funny that you mentioned locally grown produce. Uh, I don't know when the last time you shopped for it. Uh, it's fabulous. I love it. But it's expensive if you want those Ontario grown strawberries or uh, even tomatoes or whatever else. Um, they're pretty pricey, John. I mean, food has really, it seems to me, gone up a lot. Yeah, it has, but it's affected different classes and people differently. So for our listeners, I mean, if you're on a fixed income and you've, you know, been hammered by inflation and also having your own RSPs drop in price, I mean, it, it can be a, a bit of a shift, but we're not going out entertaining ourselves at restaurants as much as younger people would have. So they're cutting back on that stuff, whereas maybe we're just a little more comfortable at an older age. What I think is really concerning to me in the numbers is that there is a group of people who are 18 to 34. They have in and of themselves dreams that they can't seem to get to, owning a house, saving, um, you know, paying off that school debt, getting appropriate raises to move ahead even in their, their own financial situations. That's not happening. And politically, they're even feeling disconnected in the country. So I think the group that's taking it on the chin the most are those who are in that younger age group, that group which is probably earning anywhere between, uh, I don't know, about 65000 downwards in household income. Um, they're in a bit of a pincer with the pricing, but it's also it's they just can't seem to reach out and get the things that the previous generation was able to get. And I think that's something I'm watching. Uh, I want to throw that out to the audience, uh, because we hear from a lot of people who are on fixed incomes. Uh, do you agree with that? Do you think that younger generations are being hit harder than you are, uh, that older people are doing better? The number is 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And, um, yeah, John, uh, younger generations, and this not, I'm not, uh, complaining about it, but they do tend to go out more. And uh, Moshe just uh, cited rents. So we've seen the price of buying homes started to come down a little bit, but it's still uh, way out there. And uh, the result seems to be that rents are going up. Moshe. There's been a, there's been a disconnect, right? As a rough rule of thumb, I'd say that rental prices should be about 5% of the value of a home. It, it's a rough approximation, but let's say that you have a home then that's worth half a million dollars. If you're going to rent it out, you should be able to get out 5% of that. That's about $25,000, which is say $2,000 a month in rent. Uh, what you found though is that, especially in say greater Toronto and maybe some of the other bigger cities in Canada, those housing prices have just completely disconnected from reality, yet rents were remaining low. And, and that multiple was not 5%, but it was down as low as like 3% or 2%. So uh, I, I don't know that we're going to see housing prices collapse in the way that they did in the U.S. a, a decade ago. Uh, and in fact, a little bit of 
higher than normal inflation can actually reduce the real value of your home. Even if housing prices just stay flat, inflation is going to reduce some of the purchasing power you could get from the equity in your home. But with rents rising rapidly, that gap is going to go from that 2%, 3% that we disconnected from reality with up to that 5%. And so it's more kind of a return to reality uh, than it is some sort of anomaly that rents are rising so quickly. It was really the last 5 to 10 years that have been uh, the, the anomaly, and, and we're really just returning to normal. Uh, do you agree with that, John? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I agree. Um but I think the other thing in all of this is that there's, again, a group of young people who are quite feeling that they're quite disconnected politically, that there's no voice for them. I think you'd agree that, you know, you've had, for instance, the Trudeau government promise that they're going to set up a housing account so that people can, you know, contribute to it for first home buyers and things like that. It hasn't come into effect yet. Like, it just seems to be out there and stagnant. The second thing is that when you go to purchase a house, and we're talking about homes, you know, that young people can buy, um, the threshold is now being raised in terms of the risk, and so they have to pay more or they're not going to be able to get into the marketplace. So it just seems to be getting further and further out, but there seems to be nobody who's looking after their interests, and that's politically, that'll be interesting to see where that group goes, because I would say right now, roughly 40% of the 18 to 34-year-olds in this country are very disconnected from the rest of us who, you know, are coping with inflation, but also seem to have a political voice anytime we want to turn to it. They they don't at the moment, and that'll be, I think, the, the group we want to watch. Well, yeah, I was just reading that a lot of them uh, are turning to be conservative voters and uh, they are liking the kinds of messages they're hearing from Pierre Poilievre. Sure. But that's a whole other topic. Let us take a call from Mark in Welland. Hello, Mark. Hi. I wanted to make a quick point and I'll get out of your road. In the media, I've yet to hear uh, an opinion that I have on where inflation's really being driven. Um, If you think about it, everything that we import comes by ship. Ships run on bunker fuel, which is a form of diesel. The price has doubled, in some cases over doubled. And with the tens and thousands of gallons they go through, you can imagine the rise in the cost of the goods coming into North America. And also, anything that's manufactured here or grown here, as you mentioned earlier, in the local produce, there's farmers' tractors run on diesel. The price has doubled here in Ontario. Once they ship it or any other commodity goes from port in this country or farm, it goes by train, which runs on diesel fuel. Yeah, I think. And then uh... finally, everything, all the groceries, the cars to the dealerships, everything we consume goes by tractor trailer. Okay, Mark, thanks for that. Yeah, we've uh, we've talked about the price of gas and the price of diesel before. Uh, is 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 that something that we're not taking into account enough, Moshe? No, no, that's that's exactly it. It's uh, and it's it's domestic as well as imports. So it's going to show up in price increases. And he's exactly right. Uh, 
John, so we're seeing an easing in the United States, or at least uh, uh, the increases have stopped. It's because of gas prices. Gas prices are down here, too. Do you expect the same thing to happen here? Well, I don't know about, I mean, I don't know about inflation itself, but I think I think it really will now, when people reflect on the United States and the statements that the Fed has made where they're now watching to see whether or not they are going to increase rates or hold on it, and also just, you know, the rally in the stock market. Canadians will be looking to see if something spills over or similar to that. Uh, again, I, I think the central banks are in a really tough position um, because they want to bring inflation down, but by putting the rates in, it affects so many other things that it might push us into some kind of a recession. This is an interesting showing where, in fact, inflation has gone up. I mean, it is, you know, 8.5%, but it's held. It's not gone further, and they attribute it to the higher rates. So I think it puts the banks on both sides of the border in a very interesting situation. But Canadians, I think it gives them a glimmer of hope that maybe they won't get that extra basis point raise. Uh, in the rates and that things will start to settle down. Well, uh, and Moshe, uh, just a final question here uh, about that belief that a lot of people have that it's actually the rate hikes that are fueling inflation. How significant is it? I mean, will that change anything if people believe it? That the rate hikes are fueling inflation? Well, yeah, it's definitely people, not rate hikes. <laughs> yeah, that, no, a lot of people believe that because... no. They're, they're, they're fundamentally that, wrong. I- increases in interest rates do not fuel inflation. Increases in interest rates stop inflation. And that's exactly why the Bank of Canada is doing it. And so I'd actually disagree with John that I do think that we've got at least another full percentage point increase coming in Canada. Just how it's going to be parceled out in the final five months is going to be uh, for the Bank of Canada to decide if they want to do it in one shot or over the, the remaining few meetings of the year. Uh, but the fact is that interest rate hikes usually take about 12 to 18 months before they've had their full impact. And we only started increasing interest rates in February. So we've still yet to see the full force of higher interest rates in trying to stem inflation. John is right. It, it could have impact on a lot of other macroeconomic variables. Uh, and the analogy then that your listeners might appreciate is that it's probably more reminiscent of the stagflation phenomenon in the 1970s mm-hmm. than it is the uh, recession that we saw in the early 90s and in the 70s with high inflation and a stagnating economy. Central banks back then were not as independent as they are today, but they had the same problems that they had to contend with, which is if you increase interest rates, that could have a whole lot of other damaging effects. And if you don't increase interest rates, then inflation really can get out of control, like we saw in the 1980s. And it can be something that uh, individuals, households become apathetic to. Okay. Uh, we are really totally out of time on this. Thanks so much, Moshe Lander and John Wright. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Bye. And that is all the time we have for today. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.